0: This is GSAP Conversations from the Graduate School of Architecture, Planning and Preservation at Columbia University in New York City. I'm Dean Amal Andraos. Thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Hilary Sample, who directs the Core Architecture Studios here at Columbia GSAP. In addition to her teaching, Hilary is co-founder of Moss Architects with her husband and partner Michael Meredith. Moss has gotten a lot of attention uh, lately, not only for its built work, like the Element House, but also its experimental furniture, the kind of interest in objects, the making of books and installations, including the beautiful selfie curtain at the Istanbul Design Biennial uh, and a massive encyclopedia of scale figures. Hi, Hilary. Thank you for joining me today. I think one of the um, aspects of your practice and MOSS in particular is that it is in a way redefining practice and how architects today can engage in uh, in thinking about architecture across scales and um, clearly you've really become a kind of model for the next generation of architects and, and for students alike. Um, do you want to tell me what you're working on right now that's exciting and, and what, what has been your thinking in terms of um, sort of creating a practice that is both engaged but also engaged with the discipline uh, at a kind of you know more in-depth uh, perspective.
1: Thanks, Amal, for having me uh, join in this conversation. And um, it's great to hear also the comments about the office. I think we are uh, coming up actually on 10 years of having the office, so a fair amount of time. Um, and we're, in a way, I think, have stayed pretty true to our beginnings, um, even though we haven't been around all that long, but it's long enough, kind of a good amount of time. uh, Where we started around a big table, um, we still sit relatively around that table altogether, and we're we're about five people, plus Michael and myself, so very small and uh, purposefully small. I think there's not a kind of ambition to grow in terms of numbers or these things that I think uh, American offices tend to be uh, kind of categorized as but really starting with a project like a single family house and uh, you know sort of for better or for worse I think in a way um, American offices tended to start that way I think there's been a shift in that now but um, when we started our office working um, really on one project and then starting to think about um, how we could take that on into other, other aspects like, um, objects. And so while I think maybe we've gotten some attention recently for things like books or the selfie curtain, uh, for instance, these other sort of tangential projects have always been part of our thinking and our work and interests, um, and how we could start our office in that way through these different scales, even if we were only actually building let's say one scale at the time, a house, um, project, but, um, something we're thinking about continuously and working through um, this different set of of objects, of representations, help us to, I think, uh, reframe architecture for ourselves and kind of coming out of a period where if we're sort of facing all these different camps, let's say, um, that there's been such a kind of fragmentation of the discipline, um, we didn't want to have to pick or choose and, um, and and maybe in some ways that creates certain problems let's say for practice that we don't fall neatly into one category uh, but rather we try to be very inclusive in our in our work and in our thinking um, and in in just in the way that we uh, try to make things and, and be a creative office that it's about producing a certain kind of culture in that office um, that is as much of a project in a way as the work itself, um, that we can support those those different explorations, um, and then, you know, hopefully over time these things come back and reinforce each other into uh, something that we've liked to talk about lately, which is the body of work in the office. And,
0: um, I think that's uh, that's really visible through your latest monograph, selected works, and uh, what's interesting, I think about the book is the work of course but also the the office part the office manual which uh clearly uh indicates uh, yeah. an interest of a new generation of architects you know not only uh practicing but designing what designing the creative practice like, w- this is the moment where we have to rethink what is the office so you know, when you declare that you don't really have the ambition to grow so much bigger, you know, resisting uh, the pressures of the market to be a certain scale, either too small or too big, you know, is already uh, an active design of the practice, which I think is really, you know, interesting and takes a a very strong position to declare, you know, this is where we are now, even if the pressures are, are moving you in a different direction. I also think it's really interesting, uh, it always seems to me that you're uh, reassembling architecture, <laughs> you know? I mean, you're sort of, you know, kind of collecting all these pieces and putting them back together in a new way. So it's it's very inclusive, but it's, it's not an expansion that moves you away from architecture. It's an expansion that then folds itself back on itself to reenter architecture on your own terms. And one of those terms, I think both uh, in your practice and in your teaching has been the question of representation, right? As a a kind of hinge to re-enter the discipline. Do you want to talk a little bit about representation in your practice, but also how you're bringing that as a main focus here at the school?
1: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think, and we also talk about this all the time together, um, even in thinking about the school and, and our own practices in a way, too, but just the, probably one of the most important moments in the office, I would say, is work had to do with Ordos 100, this project that we you also and Dan were part of, um, a collection of houses um, in, in Inner Mongolia that were clientless, basically, and I think one of the things in a way we struggled with. It was also a very large scale project, um, which was much larger than anything we had worked on, um, at least in terms of a house before in our office and uh, without a client this big scale so how how to sort of reconcile those things and produce an architecture out of it Um, and one of the things that came about through that was um, the idea to make a a video basically uh, and invent characters that would live in the house and so we sort of made and constructed uh, this life around these characters to give um, a, a kind of reason for why we would be designing something because it was not given to us which is usually not you know, the kind of typical case. It was much more of a, almost a kind of academic project in some ways. Um, and so from there, we really started to, you know, I think, further push on this idea of um, a variety of representations, and um, which is something that was very different than our training, let's say, in school and undergraduate, where there were a certain set of figures uh, we were to look at and a certain way of drawing and uh, very limited before the computer and so I always like to say we're sort of self-taught and I think that um, idea of uh, coming to different technologies on our own um, produce a certain kind of ethos and a certain kind of culture and you know maybe today it's not that different in some ways for students partially because there are so many choices so you still have to have uh, a your core a sense of curiosity and a sense of um, wonder, but a sense of um, pursuing something very specific, even if you change your mind later, um, that these things are not necessarily um, so prescriptive and taught, but um, uh, in combination with the global, um, experiences, which I think Ordos in a way was uh, that for us also, so it was interesting to think about representation through a kind of global project somehow, if that makes sense. Um
0: yeah it makes sense in the sense uh, that um, we were given a so-called desert uh, but of course and de- you know declared as a lack of context but of course there was so many other contexts that were layered the existing context uh, the desert the ecology the absent the kind of projected people who were going to live there and then the context of all these architects together and their conversations and I think that the kinds of constructions that you built around that project, um, you know, using representation really as a sort of hinge between discourse and practice, and a way to re-enter the project, um, was was really interesting, and and I can see it carry through. You know, the idea of the, you know, who are the subjects that you're constructing through your work, I think, has been a uh, it, you know a kind of thread uh that the scale figure book is now you know uh making really visible you know who are these scales that architects are putting in their buildings and suddenly it's no longer just about the buildings but these but these figures um and i what one of the you lead here the housing studio and and you know housing is always it's so interesting to re- to continue to think about housing today. Uh, you know, housing having constructed you know so many different subjectivities, and uh, to invite students today to think about housing. Uh, you know, globally, you travel now, right, with the students, and you compare typologies and scales and and a different um, uh, uh, sort of contexts, cultural but also geographic, environmental and. That conversation through the lens of housing has started to result in really interesting ways to enter these various um, cities and 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 contexts. And so, um, you know, in the same way that representation, you use representation and invite the students to uh, use representation as a hinge between discourse and and practice. It seems to me you're really using housing uh, to re you know create a new hinge again, between architecture and the city, but no longer just the city, but cities, right? Different cities in different contexts. And um, Tell me, you know, some of the... You were in Mexico, actually, in this last housing um, trip, and I was uh, on the other side of the so-called wall, and it was, you know, at the time of the elections, and it probably was a really interesting, um, you know, moment, and I wanted to hear a little bit about um how the students are you know how you think the students are reengaging this question of housing um
1: today i think the i mean we we'll, start, to start a little bit i mean just That The housing studio here at Columbia, GSAP, I think is uh, uh, one of the oldest ones um, as a curriculum or pedagogy within the school, within architecture very specifically, that it's not um, something that is uh, placed into urban design or urban planning, because housing can, of course, operate at that scale, thousands of, tens of thousands of units, if you think about um, other Netherlands for instance that will have a national housing plan right so um, it, it you have to defend it in a way for architecture because it does have that capability to be such a large scale if you reduce it down to something small it becomes the single-family house and that's a whole other kind of disciplinary problem so um, for me it's exciting to think about it in those terms of sort of having to hold this ground in a way between these two um, incredible ranges, right, in terms of density, politics, economy, uh, culture, um, uh, and the the representation of those things, which are also things that we look at a little bit in the studio. But that, in terms of it being at the school something like 45 years, I think it's been taught, and um, it really began out of two, um, uh, sort of two exhibitions at the MoMA, um, or at MoMA, um, and uh, from the late 60s, early 70s, and And then we have incredible faculty who have been doing research on housing for a long time, of course, Richard Plunts and Gwen Wright, um, just to name a few, Reinhold Martin um, at the Buell Center, um, who's doing other projects around it. So there's not only housing happening in the design studios, but I think we have an incredible um, support for housing um, that can be explored beyond the studio. And I think these things are fantastic to reinforce each other and um, certainly have been helpful to me as a teacher and thinking about the direction for the studio to go. Um, and being housing in New York City, um, we can't escape a kind of incredible history of housing here within Manhattan, both um, uh, some of it not necessarily so positive if we think of NYCHA and the condition that it's in right now um, and all of the deterioration and the kind of problems of, of of that as an organization to other um, more contemporary projects that are being built in the city and trying to serve as new models. Um, So to have those two um, spectrums of housing, um, one very optimistic, one pessimistic, um, how to uh, sort of work between those things can be very tough. But ultimately that New York is a place that imports many models and types. um, And so I wanted to further look at that as an influence into the housing um, uh, situation in New York and so to parallel that, Um, and reflect, I think, the kind of incredible diversity of our student body. Um, Asked that we start to look beyond New York, for examples, and then that led to um, thinking about housing really as a global problem, not just a New York problem, but to look at these two simultaneously, um, which then inherently produces a a variety of um, difference in politics, in economics, in culture, and so on um, for for the studio. And I think these things are very interesting for the students. And so we spent a lot of time looking at examples and precedents and going out in New York and seeing projects, but then also taking trips and so on uh, November uh, 9th we were in uh, Mexico City the day after the election um, and it seemed like a very surreal uh, moment, but you know we saw an incredible range of projects, and really started by looking at Luis Barragán's own house. Um, I thought that was very important for the students to see someone, uh, a, a project that they would study, um, but someone who was also a landscape architect, um, and to get a sense of what what that means in terms of a relationship to a house. Uh, And then we also had an incredible experience of visiting uh, Mario Pani's um, housing project, uh, one of the first social housing projects in Mexico City, um, where the residents have now kind of taken over and um, uh, essentially managed the property, and it's all connected, something like 800 units in a sort of form of a zigzag, and we walk through the whole building. They have planter boxes with plants. Um, residents are growing uh, rosemary and things for their garden. Um, this kind of very delicate um, uh, sort of everyday experience uh, up against a, a massive project. Um, so it's something very real but um, uh, and, and, and brutal at the same time. And I think for me the, that kind of incredible dialectic in a way that housing can produce is what's so compelling about it. That's really, uh, and I've seen you know some of the results in the
0: work of the students, where not only is there so much recent invention in terms of representation, it's more um, playful. There's really an attention to detail, to the human scale. I remember that project, uh, um, and and a sort of anti spectacle (laughs) tendency right now, and which is quite refreshing, where there's tremendous invention in terms of. You know the handrail that is you know separating uh, a stair from the living room, or you know, I I think the the students are really re-engaging that level of reality and kind of projecting themselves, and there isn't this sort of abstraction that the housing has at times produced, and uh, I can't help but think that it's somehow in a result well of your pedagogy, but also um, the kinds of Relational thinking and and experiences that they're um, um, uh, living as they travel to Rio or Mumbai and 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 also um, get a sense of what housing you know means today um, across these various contexts. Um, so what would be your uh, you know I think we're coming close to uh, the end of the spring semester and a, a new um, um, kind of we're graduating a new uh year, and I wanted uh, to hear your thoughts about like words of wisdom for <laughs> your students um graduating and what we we hope we can you know give them here at the school as kind of a toolbox and of thinking and uh, skill to engage in new ways, you know practice and other you know. Uh, ways to approach architecture. So I wanted to hear your what are you telling your students now?
1: (laughs) Well I think I mean one of the things I think that is so important about the school and I think what the students look for maybe when they come here is this kind of sense of being global citizens and uh, being part of a collective, in a way, even though we're in this incredible culture of individuals and individuality, right, the idea of constantly selfies, and um, that was one of the things, I think, about the curtain, for instance, that we were interested in how, all of a sudden, this collection of these figures um, could then become a place of interaction with um, friends, and it wasn't just about your yourself alone, let's say, but, um, referencing and, um, experiencing something with other people. And I, I think that's the kind of heart uh, in a way of, at least for me, the core, which is the primary thing I'm, teaching at the school that the students are thinking about how um they're part of a collective um, not a part uh, not, not individual and i think that's been a big shift in a way for practice and architecture that it is about collaboration um, it's of course about finding your own identity within that but um, how to um, really exist within a much broader um, realm and um, making architecture for uh, on one hand for yourself, but also for others, and, and to think about that as a, as a way forward. I think, you know, j- just a very small anecdotal thing. I mean, we draw buildings, but we also draw people. Um, but to give that, that kind of very important sense that architects are, are and should be responsible somewhat for um, you know, a kind of complete um, identity uh, in, in, as an architect and that we're really, um, now more than ever, I think we have a kind of power to be global Not so much in about creating work uh, that is a kind of spectacle in itself, but um, I think we're we're beyond that. But it's more about how we are as let's say individuals in the field and uh, producing um, a a kind of unifying, um, you know, uh, I don't know, collection aggregation of ourselves. That that's part of our role going forward at this moment in time. I would say, if that makes sense.
0: No, absolutely. So thank you so much, Hilary, uh, and, uh, and uh, we're kind of looking forward, I'm looking forward to, uh, to both seeing you know, the work of your practice, but also the students' work, and I know that um, it's always really exciting to see this uh, commitment to thinking about you know, uh, thinking through architecture across each other in a way. Um, so thank you. You can find more information about the school on our website at arc.columbia.edu.